Hey guys and welcome to the new episode of uh, CDMC. This is a podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk to people who have been through the game. And today I have a very special guest, Mr. Amit Ramani here. Hi Amit, welcome to the podcast. Hi Vishak, glad to be here. So Amit is a stalwart in the industry with with more than two decades of experience. And uh, so Amit, why don't you uh, tell our listeners your story? Uh, and when I ask all my listeners uh, uh, and my guests about the story, I always tell them to start from schooling, college, and uh, as we typically say, uh, if you want to add some Indian Bollywood masala, feel free to add that as well. Sure, sure, Abhishek. So Abhishek, uh, the journey started uh, born and raised in Delhi. Um, you know, went to school of uh, went to DPS RK Puram for my schooling, and then went to uh, school of planning and architecture for my bachelor's in architecture. uh then um, you know in those days uh, obviously architecture was not a very uh, choice profession because uh, you know clearly there was no uh, infrastructure boom in the 90s late 90s when i graduated uh, so the option was either to you know start your own practice or uh, you know try and get more education uh, so i decided to do that went to uh, us for my first masters in architecture at kansas state then uh, completed my second masters at uh, cornell in real estate and planning and then started my journey in new york city uh, where we um, were advising people on uh, somewhat similar things that is happening today uh, when i graduated from cornell uh, in uh, 2001 uh, 911 happened almost oh. in a couple of months from when i graduated so people started talking about you know the death of the office the death of the skyscraper all of those things which people are talking now oh, in covid also okay that was uh, at that point of time as well that's correct and oh. so people said you know how will i get into a uh, you know skyscraper because you know now i'm exposed to it etc mm. um, but obviously you know human habits die hard right. and people right. came back uh, quickly so i saw that at that time and what happened as a result was people started talking about uh, a distributed work right so people did not want to put all their eggs in a one location they wanted to distribute so i obviously saw that in 2001 and uh, we advised a lot of companies at that stage on how to build what we call as alternate work programs right in uh, in uh, new york and and various other locations in uh, uh, us then uh, i uh, joined a company called nelson uh, which basically uh, was a small uh, kind of a mom and pop shop at that stage when i joined them in 2003 we grew that business to uh, a large uh, platform uh, almost uh, you know from 50 people we went to 600 people became one of the top 5 design firms globally and my last role was uh, the strategy and the overall operations role for uh, nelson uh, which and also the international markets was under me uh, then in um, essentially in 2007 uh, the markets uh, kind of started crashing right the financial markets Uh, crashed fully in 2008 but you could see some you know green shoots of that happening in 2007 so i decided to come back to india and we set up a business called uh, nelson in india which was own, uh, 100% owned subsidiary uh, then in 2010 i kind of became a first generation entrepreneur i bought the rights for india for the nelson business and a few locations in middle east and uh, asia as well um, so that's how i became a first generation entrepreneur uh, sold everything and became Uh, bought over the rights for the india business uh, primarily and then grew we grew that business uh, we currently that business still continues it's run by a professional team uh, we have merged that into a business called nq we are a couple of businesses so now it's called nq india 
uh, where I still play a role of a vice chairman and strategic advisor. Um, then um, also uh, what ended up happening was that we realized that there was an opportunity also in the facility management space. So we started a business called Petra, which was in this business of servicing and providing uh, security guards, pantry services, housekeeping, and so on. Um, and that business also uh, continues today uh, on its own. It's um, you know, run by a professional uh, team. Um, so the office journey started in uh, late 2014, early 2015. Um, I clearly had seen uh, how people were evolving, right? In 2001, going back to my experience with 9-11, uh, we had developed these alternate work strategy and alternate work strategy was essentially an idea of you would have a central uh, HO location, headquarters location, and then you would have satellite offices and you would have people who would hot desk and do some level of, you know, um, you know, telecommuting from home or do hoteling when they came to the uh, office, right? So we developed these strategies. What ended up happening in 2014 was a lot of companies kind of put that onus onto co-working players. Mm. So when in the US I visited in 2014, I saw a lot of co-working was people who were freelancers, people who wanted to work near home, people who didn't, uh, couldn't work at home, wanted to come into these facilities and organizations started using this as a combined strategy of their headquarters location, satellite location, and this kind of extended co-working. So I felt that there was clearly an opportunity and I came back to India. In fact, on the flight itself, I wrote a paper business plan, uh, which basically said there are three problems with real estate in India. One, there is no flexibility, right? So if I want one seat um, or if I want it for one day, I really don't have an option. I have to go to uh, these um, uh, landlords and how to fit it up, etc. So that was not really, so there was a problem of flexibility. Second mm -hmm. was, it was not available where I wanted it, right? So if I stay in Noida, mm -hmm. why should I travel two hours every day to go to Gurgaon? It should be accessible when and where I need it, right? Just like an Uber. Mm -hmm. And the third was transparency. Real estate is extremely hard business. Anybody who's even built a house knows mm -hmm. how difficult it is to an organized sector. Factor fit right. it out, you know, right. and, and on top of it, you have to source space, right? Um, so the real estate environment is very uh, opaque, right? Uh, for a common man, it was very difficult. So we right. said, let's solve for flexibility, accessibility, and uh, transparency. So these hmm. are the three principles that we set up. And the second premise was that the problem was not for the large multinationals. Hmm. Because a large multinational has a real estate team, he has a facility team, he has the whole, uh, right. you know, uh, nine yards available to hmm. create a great uh, asset, right? Or, hmm. or a workplace. Hmm. Um, but for a SME, this is almost impossible, right? The, hmm. the, the CEO also becomes the admin guy, he also right. becomes the HR right. person. He does everything, right? right. So we said there's a clear opportunity for us to solve for that market. And when we did the analysis, that was almost 60% of the opportunity of hmm. commercial real estate was with the SMEs. Okay. So we set up the business for SMEs. Obviously, we solved a problem for startups and freelancers, which, which have a unique problem of uh, the similar problem of finding a great workspace at an affordable price. Hmm. And then obviously, once we were solving it for these two elements, enterprises became a large component, it evolved, right? So when we started in 2015, SME and startups were the main focus area. But as it progressed, right. co-working has evolved, right? Right, right, right. So where it has come now is that it is solving the traditional workspace problem, even for enterprises, right? Uh, obviously, you have a younger workforce coming. They have a lot more expectation from the workspace itself. Um, clearly, on-demand uh, workspace is a, re a requirement today, right? So we right. were... We were talking about 
this uh, flexibility, accessibility, and transparency even pre-COVID. Now it's obvious. People say, I want it near my house. Mm. I want to work near home. Mm. I want to work from home. All of these things which we were kind of implementing over the years got fast track, mm. right? Mm. And mm. just like we are talking the revolution. Like how Paytm grew within Correct. within few within a night how paytm grew after demonetization i think that's something happened so, in this state as well absolutely absolutely so flex industry or the co-working industry will see a great upswing uh, mm. when some level of normalcy uh, comes back sure. and as a business we have also evolved we were probably doing co-working for smes and startups we expanded mm. that to enterprises mm. so today almost 50 percent of our business comes from enterprises mm. we also expanded the platform we said we are a fully integrated workplace solutions platform that offer products around the work which is work from home work near home uh, we are also able to do managed offices for other people so we expanded the uh, whole portfolio as well sure sure so from an architect to a business owner amit ramani's journey has been really exciting so amit i i had one question when i whenever i hear about architect it always reminds me of fountainhead so were you also influenced by fountainhead at, at some point of time so uh, abhishek in all honesty there is a left brain thinking a right brain thinking i always was the left brain thinking uh, so my uh, you know the design capability per se or to be able to design a great environment uh, was somewhat limited but i kind of overcome that uh, weakness by the other side so the business acumen of how do you build spaces why do you build them uh, how right. do people behave in those spaces uh, how do you create an environment that is uh, a, a great environment all of those things worked really well so sure. no i was not influenced <laughs> by fountainhead but i was influenced uh, a lot by uh, my tenure at cornell uh, under uh, you know the guidance of uh, professor franklin becker who okay. was the god of uh, you know alternate work environments okay. so i did get a lot of mentorship under him and then over the time you know various other people influence kind of where where i went sure sure so exciting conversations happening with amit ramani guys so amit my next question is if you have to explain your business in just 30 words to a 8 year old how do you explain it so we provide a workspace uh, just in time for people to be able to use it when mm -hmm. and where they need it right almost right. on an on demand basis so we would probably be like the uber for the workspace uh, in in many ways sure. uh, and uh, affordability is a part, key part of our uh, you know uh, uh, solution set so clearly it's available when you need it where you need it at a price that you are able to afford sure i think every 80 year old will understand this this as well uh, talking about the next point amit you said that you know you were the first uh, generation entrepreneur uh, uh, in in your family and usually this this uh, happens uh, when you know when a lot of people are not aware so what do you remember that last incident or that last leg when you decided to get into entrepreneurship do you remember that moment yeah so um, abhishek my hardest moment was to move from a professional right and i was working for a multinational company that had a base in india and obviously you know i was well compensated and i right. had a great job right? right because i was running all the international markets for a large multinational company that was a top 5 design firm hmm. so the day i decided to move on and i sold everything and when i say everything hmm. uh, literally everything that i owned to buy hmm. the business out oh. Mm -hmm. um and i came down to a point where uh, i probably uh, had almost if the business had not been successful i would have lost everything and mm -hmm. had to start from scratch mm -hmm. um so i clearly remember having a conversation 
uh, in my family and uh, i come out from a family of pure professionals mm. both on my mother's and my father's side so nobody has done a business ownership as such mm. um so this was a big deal uh, mm. when i decided that you know i'm going to do this and how old were you when you started this amit so i was uh, 34 so i was not uh, you know young by any means right, but i was right. not old also but uh, uh-huh. you know i had some decent 7 8 years of solid professional right. experience right. Uh, but uh, you know it was a big deal and um, you know i remember that you know uh, having a chat at home mm. that you know the this if this doesn't work then this is mm. going to be a big no problem mm. and uh, luckily you know it it worked out that was really well and mm. then obviously we have done, done two more ventures since then mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah it was a very very difficult time very very difficult decision right. but i think the perfect and the right decision that and i, I think family support also matters when when somebody decides that you are going with your dreams and and, and that also creates a lot of you know uh, positive energy and and power for you as well absolutely and i think uh, you know uh, clearly if i did not have my family supporting me um, i probably wouldn't have been able to do it so goes without saying that my parents my uh brother and my wife uh, you know my kid was Supported. obviously too young to make any contribution at that stage yeah, right. uh, but clearly they played a big role in the success of this great 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 so somit when you when you first stepped into the seat in this field and when i say in this field uh, i i mean your entrepreneurial journey and obviously when you as you rightly said that you know uh, once you leave your corporate job uh, and as you and while we were discussing you said that you know uh, that a corporate has a big team they have a facility management service they have everything but when you start on your own everything has to be done by 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 you so uh, what difference did you feel from from coming to corporate job and starting in your what were the changes which you had to you know uh, rely on your lifestyle as well so abhishek even when i was working right i uh, always uh, treated whatever i was given uh, the role or you know whatever was my scope of uh, delivery i treated it as almost like an entrepreneurship journey mm. and every uh, i would say couple of years i had a new role right mm. so even mm. in the 7 8 years of professional experience prior to you know being an entrepreneur i always explored different things so for example when i joined nelson we were 50 people but i had a desire that we wanted to take the business international so we opened markets like china uh japan uh uk mm. india mm. uh and and we did m- m- mergers and acquisitions of almost 14 different companies a very mm. unheard of thing in in that industry at that time so mm. i always had this uh, thought process that let's let uh, let's lead by entrepreneurship let's take it as your own ownership of your business mm. so that transition was not very difficult because i was always always doing that and in fact before uh, becoming an entrepreneur in 2010 2008 when i came back to india there was no nothing here it was mm-hmm. uh, to start the venture from scratch so i pretty mm-hmm. much built it from scratch mm-hmm. so when i transitioned into it i didn't see see much difference other than i had to pay a, a whole lot of money to buy the business which i built by the way right uh, but other than that i uh, you know it was the same team it was a mm-hmm. <coughs> it was the same uh, team that was working with me so it wasn't very difficult i think the a bit of a a uh, leap of faith that i took mm. was when we started office mm. because office i had no experience in co-working or uh, business centers i mm. was this was something that uh, you know clearly 
and it was a very nascent industry in india right, right. for example a, a design or a build business or contracting business in india very well established mm. right there mm. were, uh, millions of people that were doing it but mm. when we started co-working in india there were like mm. two or three players right and mm. they were all very small etc mm. and we had a completely contrarian view of what was going on in the market mm. so to be able to go uh, create a business which mm. was completely contrarian uh build a team that had had no experience in co-working mm. uh raise capital to the mm. level we did mm. uh those uh, i mean i truly treat this as the entrepreneurship because the first one was a bit easy mm. other than the money part that went in to buy it mm. i i knew how to do it right i right, was doing right. it for the last whatever number of years right 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 so so i mean it's it's a very interesting approach which which you talk about amit is is that as an entrepreneur you have to keep on reinventing yourself i mean every time you create a new business you always start from scratch and you you know build up that that whole grit comes into into the whole uh, uh, journey of your whole business yeah so uh, abhishek i think uh, clearly one thing that we have built culturally uh, mm. into the office business is that we are constantly in a hustle mode mm. right so as a as a business i think we uh are always looking for what else can we do and i'll mm. give you a very cl- uh, classic example right i mean when we entered the market there were a few global players who had uh, cracked the model supposedly right. cracked the model right right right, uh, right. without taking any names and yes. uh, mm. and we uh, we felt that uh, you know at least in india most people were uh, copying the model mm. Mm. so when we went in and we spoke about you know that this is not about the demand because demand if i have a good uh, workplace that is affordable people mm. will come automatically mm. it's like you open up a cafe coffee day and right. if people have That's a desire right. to have a coffee they'll come mm. if people have a desire to work they will come mm. but how do you build a differentiator in the market right so mm. our approach was supply side mm. we said let's go because out of the billion square foot commercial real estate market Mm. there was only 300 million that was controlled by professional landlords uh, the global players 700 mm. million was completely no, no, fragmented no, no. mm. we said if i can go and acquire supply mm. that is at the choicest mm. location at right. the most affordable price right then that's the crack that one needs to focus on and we did that right so we went from uh, some 5000 desks in 2017 to today mm. almost 35000 life seats mm. 67 plus centers 10 mm. cities mm. uh, etc and we said well that's a differentiator and our uh, strategy on supply side acquisition mm. became a big differentiator and that's the reason you know today in in uh, covid right mm. we, uh, i i would not wish it you know upon us by any means but all the models that we talked about of de-risking the business by partnering with the landlord mm. having a distributed model where you need a center within a 15 20 minute driving radius complete transparency so you can book it on the app full flexibility on one desk or 100 desk uh, you know one day or uh, five years your call mm. all of those models have come through now mm-hmm. and so it's a testament of you know what you wrote as the guideline but i i, I back to my point on hustling um we uh, saw an opportunity in march when covid hit mm. that people will work from home so we right. launched our office at home product that okay. has done reasonably well for us in a mm. very short time mm. uh, we also launched our e-commerce platform because what we figured was if people are going to work from home mm. they will need office uh, elements could be right. stationery could be paper could be whatever <laughs> they will need it at home so mm. we started our e-commerce platform that is only focused on providing office solutions uh, to uh, people Right. Sure. And then we said, well, clearly there is a uh, opportunity in terms of expanding these offerings, right? Mm-hmm. So we have now gone ahead and launched 
what we call as office care. Okay. Uh, we felt uh, this whole element of integrated facility management was mm -hmm. again fragmented. Ninety percent of it is in a non-branded players. But we mm -hmm. felt that now people coming back mm -hmm. will need a branded environment, right? right. I would feel much safer if I go to a Marriott mm -hmm. versus I go to a non-branded hotel. Right. Right? So right. The same logic will apply that people will feel that my facility mm -hmm. has to be cleaned managed, mm -hmm. uh, secured by a branded player. So we launched Office Care has done really well in a very short time. Sure. And the third element was Office Transform, right? Mm -hmm. Which basically was, we felt that people will want to downsize mm -hmm. their space mm -hmm. or they will want to transform it to fit out for a COVID era. Mm -hmm. Reality could be on the uh, HVAC system, mm -hmm. could be on the layout, could be on whatever elements. So we launched Office Transform, uh, which is basically we come into the space either make it COVID ready or we transform that space where we take on the uh, excess space that you want to give up uh, and put it out as a co-working uh, environment, et cetera. Mm. And those, uh, that service has done extremely well. Today does almost 15% of our revenue is coming from the new services that we launched in the COVID. Uh, oh, wow. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Understood, understood. So great, uh, great insights coming in from Amit Ramani guys. Those who are listening or watching this, this podcast and video cast, uh, stick to us as I'm as now we deep diaper into into the entrepreneurship game. So uh, before we go ahead, uh, Amit, uh, uh, everybody and I mean in fact in last few years, uh, media has glamorized entrepreneurship to such a level that that you know that these guys are somebody who, who are like like gods uh, in the industry. But but uh, this is only the the brighter side of entrepreneurship. I before we move forward, I wanted you to give or bust three common myths about entrepreneurship a lot of people think and you have been a serial entrepreneur what is your view on on some of these myths as well so uh, clearly um, you know abhishek i think uh, being you know uh, uh, kind of uh, entrepreneurs being treated like you know rock stars or whatever i think is a myth in my uh, humble opinion 97% mm. uh, of mm. business ideas that mm. are launched uh, fail in the first year Mm -hmm. um, I, in my uh, own uh, humble experience uh, over the last 20 odd years, have done uh, eight ventures, starting with my college days, right? Mm -hmm. um, which was we started a, you know, a training academy for uh, aspirant architectural school aspirants, right? Mm -hmm. So I've done eight of these mm -hmm. and four have failed and four have been fairly successful. Mm -hmm. So clearly, I think there is uh, a lot to be learned. Hmm. Uh, every idea is not going to be successful, but hmm. if you are going to go down that road, hmm. um, you have to keep at it. There is hmm. no uh, shortcuts to getting there. Right. Uh, so even in office, if I today look, right, hmm. what was, if I had not done uh, my experience as an hmm. architect and hmm. then a real estate professional hmm. experience, the, what was happening in the US hmm. in 9-11, hmm. I probably would not have started office, hmm. right? Hmm. Um, you know. Uh, and if I did not have that, um, you know, entrepreneurship zeal mm. from my college days, I mm. probably would have been very happy doing a you know, professional job and going mm. in that direction. So there is no shortcuts. Mm. Uh, you you have to keep at it. Mm. Um, there is no shortcut to hard work. So you have to work hard. Um, it's it's uh, a, a journey where uh, there will be no work-life balance. Right, right. Um, you can't even try to strike. In fact, th those guys who are listening or watching this, this we are doing on a Saturday morning. So when everybody else is chilling, probably we are talking here, right? Correct. And right. Uh, but but it is it is a, a very very uh, long journey. It is a very mm. hard journey. Mm. Uh, but if you get into it, there is nothing more satisfying than it right. than this, uh, because what you do, what you uh, invest, you mm. actually start seeing results on your mm. own. 
Hmm. Uh, and you're not, and you're doing it for your own, right? You're building something which could uh, end up being uh, a, a legacy that you create. I'm not talking right. about valuation at all. Right. I don't think uh, businesses are built on valuation. In hmm. my humble opinion, they're built hmm. on uh, being solid businesses. So you could create a legacy that stands a you know, really long test of time. Sure, sure, sure. So moving ahead, Amit, uh, uh, who who are some of those people whom uh, you know? you see or, or the work of, of those whom we admire, both internationally, uh, nationally in your industry and in other categories as well. Sure. So I think uh, I'll start with international because I did have some exposure in the mm. US for almost 12 years. So mm. I think, um, you know, one person that I feel is uh, absolutely, um, you know, the, the actually the rock star of, you know, entrepreneurship and success mm. is Jeff Bezos. I mm. think, uh, as a company, uh, we uh, try to learn a lot uh, from what, what he's been able to achieve. In fact, we uh, one of the ideas which was to convert uh, our expense item, which used to be, we used to outsource facility management. Hmm. Uh, we insourced it and started making it as an offering, came from you know, uh, learning from Amazon, right? Wow. They converted wow. everything that was an expense yeah. item. Cloud, they cloud, <laughs> cloud computing, right? right. Which was outsourced. Right. They insourced it and made it into a business. Mm. So I think that's one. Mm. Uh, second, I think um, is uh, Elon Musk. Mm. I think he's the true visionary. Mm. I mean, uh, to be able to think of a car from 20,000 parts to mm. just 20 components mm. uh, requires a vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think uh, I admire those two internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, in India, I think a uh, couple of people that I uh, admire uh, truly, uh, one is Mukesh Ambani, mm-hmm. um, coming from a, you know, a chemicals and a petrol uh, kind of a background. Mm-hmm. He's completely transformed the business in the last right. three, four years mm-hmm. into market leadership on data, mm-hmm. you know, obviously telecom mm-hmm. and now into retail. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Uh, and, and to be able to uh, have no presence Mm. and create a scale where you are almost number one in all categories right, is right. fantastic. Um, mm. And I think second is Anand Mahindra. I think mm. he's done a fantastic job mm. uh, to build a conglomerate, which was only known for tractors probably mm. you know, 25 years ago. Mm. Today, it's known as a market leader in multiple mm. different uh, industries, right. uh, including cars, including uh, technology, including mm. various other industries. So I think these two individuals locally, I think uh, lot, lots to learn from all, all of these individuals. Sure, sure. And Amit, uh, in, in terms of inspiration, what are some of the books which you would recommend or which you have read and would like to tell our listeners as well, which, which somebody should read in entrepreneurship, business or, or even uh, fiction as well? Sure. Um, don't do a lot of fiction. Uh, honestly, Abhishek, I um, you know don't get the time to spend um, you know enough time on fiction. So I really haven't read anything recently. Hmm. Um, but I think uh, the, the two, three books that really were very uh, influencing hmm. early days, and then I'll talk about what I'm reading currently. Hmm. Uh, one was, uh, you know, uh, uh, World is Flat by Thomas Friedman. Hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I at that stage, this was in early 2000s, I think 99 or 2000. Hmm. And it was a game changer, right? I mean, hmm. I did not see the world uh, in that light at all. And it almost all of his predictions came through, right? Mm. So I think that was a very big influence. Mm. Um, second uh, was, uh, you know, uh, Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, right. um, which uh, I think has been a few years. I think it came out about five, six years ago. Mm. Uh, I think again was a game changer. Uh, mm. you know, uh, gave me the inspiration to look at, you know, how do you create 
a scalable business, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, uh, and build on it. Uh, and second, which I read around the same time uh, was uh, the uh, Elon Musk uh, biography, by Ashley Vance, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which was again, a very, very, you know, mm-hmm. just to get insights into the mind of somebody mm-hmm. uh, and how they think about a vision, I think mm-hmm. was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, uh, you know, the current ones that I'm, uh, I've read is, uh, one is Hooked, um, and uh, I'll have to look up the author, but Hooked is the book called, and it's about how do you create, uh, you know, business models around uh, getting people hooked onto something like Facebook mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Netflix, etc. Um, and, uh, you know, which has uh, been a, a recent one that I finished, uh, very, very interesting. Um, and then um, the, the other book uh, is, uh, is uh, No Rules Rules uh, by the founder of Netflix, mm. um, you know, Hastings, and uh, which is, uh, again, uh, it's, it's primarily around how do you build organizations, how do you build a mm. large uh, kind of, um, you know, scalable organization that is fully inspired and driven, mm. etc. Mm. Uh, so these are the two latest books that I'm reading and I've actually finished reading them currently. And, and you try to implement these. I mean, as, as we just saw that you implemented Amazon's working set. So I'm sure that you, you will probably when I talk to you after two years, there must be some new changes also, which must have happened after you have read these books. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, for example, the office at home business, which mm. is we are offering it as a subscription model where we provide a chair and a table mm. uh, at a, you know, kind of on a subscription basis with a whole bunch of add-ons, etc., Mm. I think the inspiration there came from uh, Hooked, which, uh, you know, was something that I felt that, you know, we could get people hooked on because mm. once you get into somebody's house with a table and a chair, mm. you have an opportunity to do a whole bunch of other things there. So, yes, I mean, clearly implementing already some ideas. Great, great. So, Amit, as, as we spoke about that, you know, uh, entrepreneurship is, is not an easy job. And, you know, uh, you talk about that, although the media treats them as rock star, but there is lot of happening on the other side of, of entrepreneurship as well, and which is which leads to a lot of stress, depression, and a lot of other uh, mental health problems as well. Uh, and definitely you cannot avoid this stress. I mean, that's a part and parcel of the game. So I wanted to get your tips. What do you do to de-stress yourself? How do you keep your calm during, during such difficult decision-making uh, uh, things as well? What is sure. your formula for this? Yeah. So um, I think uh, one Abhishek, I think uh, I'm not uh, 25. I'm, you know, I'm fairly aged now. So I think experience counts. So clearly, I think uh, the ability to um, be able to uh, separate the noise from Mm -hmm. real issues is very important. I think Mm -hmm. uh, because what ends up happening is uh, uh, being an entrepreneur, um, you think you know the answer always the best, right? So mm-hmm. clearly there is a lot of time spent on issues which really don't require a founder CEO's mm-hmm. uh, you know, intervention. So I think one, I've learned it the hard mm-hmm. way, but I have been able to now delegate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that delegation can only happen if you have a great team. Right, um, right. So clearly building a great team is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, you get lost in the noise and you never get into you know, a scale that is uh, meaningful for creating a great business, right? So Mm. one is the the team part of it, uh, which obviously reduces the stress on you because now you have people who can take care of things uh, and so on. Second, I think, which is, uh, you know, fairly important is be able to switch off. Mm. So even though we work extremely hard, um, Mm. you know, uh, we work almost 24 by seven, Mm. but when I do switch off, I switch off, right? I Mm. mean, I... Uh, and and then that's the time I want to spend with my family. Hmm. Um, typically, I would say 90% of the time, 
Sundays are with my family. Uh, I de-stress. I have a daughter who's 12 years old. I de-stress with her. Um, you know, do do stuff at home nowadays because you really can't do much outside. Um, so so that's the one one area where I do spend the Sunday always. Even if I'm traveling, I do make it a point to come back. Uh, so that's a de-stress. And the third, which um, you know, I have uh, obviously. In, incorporated now uh, mm. into a de-stress regime mm. is uh, the, um, you know, one is music mm. um, and exercise. So both mm. go hand in hand. I mm. think which uh, it's important that to keep yourself healthy right. uh, and you keep your immunity levels up. Uh, mm. So I think uh, music, uh, exercise and sleep go all together. Mm. So I'm mm. a big proponent of, you know, making sure that you can get whatever is the right amount of sleep for you. I'm not advocating what it, what it is for me. Mm. It's uh, mm. Six hours for mm. other people it might be eight, but get mm. that uh, in place. Um, and uh, so those are the thing. And the third is, you know, uh, I do spend time watching a lot of documentary kind of stuff, and mm. you know, watching uh, you know the OTT platforms. Mm. Uh, there's a lot to learn. I'm a, I'm a movie buff, so I think uh, that's the third thing I do to kind of de-stress. Sure, sure, sure. So interesting conversations happening, guys, with Amit. And, and as we move forward, uh, uh, Amit, I mean, uh, seeing your experience and your expertise, uh, what are the top five qualities which you would like to tell our listeners, which every entrepreneur must possess in, in order to build a successful business? What are your top five qualities? So first is hard work. I think there is no shortcut to success. You got to put in the effort to get to the end outcome, whatever that outcome means for you. Hmm. Second is, uh, you know, risk-taking ability. Hmm. Uh, hmm. And I'm not taking talking about uh, taking random risk, calculated hmm. risk, hmm. Uh, but you have to be able to take risk. I mean, hmm. uh, which is very, very important. Sure. Uh, third is hustle. Hmm. You have to be constantly in a mode of hustling. You have to be in a mode of paranoia. Um, hmm. You know, you don't know where the next disruption is going to come in and it will hmm. disrupt your uh, business. So mm. you have to be in that hustle mode, uh, mm. almost to the level of being uh, paranoid. Mm. Uh, the fourth is uh, resiliency. Mm. Um, you will not get success on everything you try, even in your own business, mm. which might have uh, gotten to a certain scale. Mm. So you have to be resilient, um, you know, and be able to, uh, you know, continue to keep at things. Um, mm. And then finally is tenacity, right? Ability to bounce back. I mean, mm. if you can't uh, bounce back, um, then you cannot be, uh, you know, an uh, entrepreneur because you will fall. I mean, right. there is no way. I mean, in the last five years of journey of office, hmm. we've fallen uh, multiple times, but we have gotten back, learned from it, moved hmm. faster, hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so on. And hmm. I think these are the five things uh, that are extremely important for any entrepreneur. Sure, sure. So guys, those who are listening to Amit, I think he has, when he spoke about it, he said that he's in his, in his career span, he's already started eight businesses and four of them have not worked. So it's okay. I mean, that's how he has again bounced back with, with more vengeance. So uh, definitely a, a very interesting point from coming from Amit. Uh, next uh, uh, question is, uh, obviously, this question was supposed to be uh, talking about next five to 10 years in the industry, but we have seen how the world has changed in last seven, eight months. So, uh, so where do you see your industry heading? What will be the changes? How the work, uh, in fact, we have seen work-life balance has gone for a toss in, in last few months. And now we have realized the importance of office as well. So where do you see a post-COVID once things get better? What will happen in the industry? What are your views on it? So uh, uh, I think Abhishek, clearly uh, this is a uh, kind of a, you know, uh, 
demonetization moment uh, for what happened to fintech hmm. it's happening to the commercial real estate industry right um what is today about a 25 million square foot industry hmm. of a billion square feet commercial real estate market in india hmm. 25 million is co-working will become about 100 million in the next 3 years so okay. it's going to go four times the size hmm. um second thing which is happening as we speak is that people are now uh, when i say people uh, organizations Uh, be it large enterprises mid size smes startups freelancers are all looking at as a flex as a solution for a part of their real estate need which was not the case specifically for enterprises before this right they all wanted to lock in large spaces make people travel from all over into one central location mm. uh, right and there were reasons for it and they 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 worked well then mm. but i think in the post covid era hmm. i think three four things will change one hmm. flex will become mainstream for every company a per hmm. portion of their portfolio will be flexible office second distributed work will take over okay. so we are not going back to an era where i will have everybody travel two hours every day to one location and then disperse hmm. people will have certain jobs will be located centrally because they require data security hmm. or internet bandwidth or require collaboration or require brainstorming so they mm. will have to be centrally located and mm. people will travel and congregate for those locations mm. but the satellite locations which is work near home and mm. work from home mm. will become a part and parcel of every organization strategy so distributed will work will become mainstream our senses almost 30% of the portfolio of companies will be in distributed work which is a satellite location work near home or work from home um, kind of a scenario Mm. the third thing which is happening is that we had 200 players in the co-working business in india oh Three, okay mm. right mm. so it was everybody could you know it, it was easy right you yeah, yeah. is fit it out you know the, you get a client you're in mm. the brand becomes extremely important in mm. post covid era mm. right so the ability to be able to feel comfortable that mm. i'm going to be safe in this environment mm. the correct hygiene and the protocols are being followed Uh, the right services are there in the ac system mm. um, you have the right filters in place etc mm. the brand will become very important so i think there is going to be some level of uh, consolidation i think mm. the industry will expand because the opportunity will expand, expand right. but i think there is going to be a bit of consolidation and then a revamp mm. uh, of the industry and brand will become extremely important and the final piece that will happen is that uh, price pressures uh, mm. cost pressures flexibility will all be at the mainstream of any decision making for corporate real estate uh, commercial office going forward so those sure. are the things that i feel will happen from a industry standpoint sure 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 great uh, uh, talking to you amit and as we move towards the end of our our podcast i have two hypothetical questions for you so if i give you a time machine and if you could go back at any point of time in your life uh which year what time will you go and uh, what changes would you like to make that is question number 1 and question number 2 if in the same uh a time machine if you could go ahead where do you see yourself where do you see office and you know what spaces you will be working in yeah so i'll start with the first one because there's a very obvious uh, juncture which i clearly recall mm -hmm. so in 2001 i was part of cornell and uh, we used to have a um class in entrepreneurship where uh, out of the 100 business plans pre presented only two got selected 
Hmm. We were one of the two were, that got selected, hmm. um, and we had an uh, built a app for a museum. Like okay. if you go to a museum, hmm. you typically had this clunky kind of an audio right. Uh, right. device that you had right. to carry. Right. So in those days, there was a device called the iPack, which okay. was a precursor to the uh, the smartphone that we have. It was okay. a basically a personal digital assistant. Hmm. So we built an app, which basically allowed. when you went to a museum hmm. to be able to track you uh, when you stood in front of a painting hmm. it told you what it was all about gave you took you out to the internet or online etc hmm. and that was the app i did not have the courage to become hmm. uh, an entrepreneur at that stage right out of college hmm. Hmm. Uh, i firmly believe that i should have taken that plunge then hmm. uh, in fact uh, paul allen who was uh, one of the microsoft founders hmm. uh, took that idea and made it big oh. uh, in seattle <laughs> so looking back you know yeah. and and we we had all the right connects right hmm. we would have done this right yeah so so that's one juncture which uh, again no regrets but right, right. that's something that probably in a parallel universe amit is still doing that you never know No, no. I mean, <laughs> there are far too many applications that have come since then. Right. We were the pioneers. Nobody right. had even thought about that at that right. stage. Right. Right. So that was one juncture. I, I think mm. when the uh, as far as office goes, where we see it, mm. I think we are a, a industry uh, leader right now. Mm. Uh, we have the largest network uh, in in India. Mm. We want to continue to dominate. We want to go to about two hundred thousand seats in the next thirty six months from the current thirty thirty five or thousand. Mm. We want to be in fifteen cities. Mm. Um, clearly, we want to deliver. uh what we we uh, firmly believe is affordable workspace for all hmm. and it should be available when and where and for how long people need it so i think that's the fundamental mantra that we have and we want to move into uh, all micro markets in uh, the 15 cities that we want to be in we want to continue to service um, our our customers and uh, give them a great experience wherever and whenever they come hmm. and as i mentioned earlier we are now moving to a complete integrated workspace platform mm -hmm. if it's your own office we want to provide office care we want to provide office transform services if it's your uh, space where you are looking for a flex office we want to be able to give you one seat to 2000 seats where and when you need it in whatever duration you need it for so we want to service that peacefully we want to be in your home providing office at home type solutions mm -hmm. we want to be the a provider for uh, powered by office so if you are a smaller uh, real estate developer or a player that can't run uh, these uh, managed offices on your own we want to be providing that through a powered by uh, office scenario sure. and we want to be continually innovating around this whole workspace as abhishek clearly uh, covid has taught us is that there is no certainty right everybody mm -hmm. uh, we, we we are all in this largest work from home experiment who thought mm -hmm. that one could you know continue to work for 9 right, months right, from home right, right? right. so uh, clearly i think uh, the one piece which i can uh, clearly see us doing is continue to evolve continue to invent uh, continue to reinvent continue to sharpen our business um, and as and when customers evolve as and as the market evolves as and when industry evolves the geopolitical climate evolves hmm. uh, we want to be at the forefront of you know delivering uh, the workplace solution when and where and how people need it Sure, sure, sure. Amit, I I wish you all the best. And as you said, that in next thirty six months, office is going to expand. And and definitely, uh, I'm I'm very sure that by seeing the great, by seeing the perseverance you have, you will be able to do that. And thank you for coming on this uh, uh, podcast, Amit, on a and giving us time on a Saturday. Uh, but thanks once again, and wish you all the best. Thank you, Abhishek. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, 
good luck to all the entrepreneurs out there uh, who I'm assuming uh, will certainly you know hear this podcast as well. Sure, Thank sure, you. sure. Thank you. Bye, bye. All right. Take care.